Hello survivors and welcome to part two of our very special Resident Evil 4 podcast. If you haven't listened to part one yet, we highly recommend you start there. Seek that out in your feed. Both of these are available at the same time, so start with that one, continue with this one, and uh, yes, please enjoy the concluding part of our Resident Evil 4 podcast. And now, reading the file, Chief's Note in character as Bitores Mendez, Israel Blank Marino, you can find on Newgrounds as Blank 1407. As instructed by Lord Sadler, I have the agent in confinement, alive. Why keep him alive? I do not fully understand what the Lord's intentions are. I would, however, think he'd keep them separate, not confine them together as has been ordered. I don't expect Luis would trust a stranger, but if by chance they did cooperate, the situation could get a bit more complicated. If for some reason an unknown third party is involved, I don't think they'd let a chance like this slip by. But maybe it's all Lord Sadler's ploy, leaving us vulnerable so that this third party will surface, if they even exist, that is. It's an unlikely possibility, but if a prowler is already amongst us, then our plans could be ruined. I guess the Lord thinks it's worth the risk if we're able to stop whatever conspiracy is at work. At any rate, it's the Lord's call. We will trust his judgment as always. Ah, I see you're listening to First Aid Spray. Self-righteous fools. And speaking of nuts, let's talk about the story of this game. We finally arrived at that point. Um... I haven't written down any notes to sum it up. It's pretty straightforward, I guess. Uh, Leon S. Kindly is sent to a remote part of Europe, which is totally not Spain, uh, to save the president's daughter. Are you a bad enough dude, etc.? Uh, from the clutches of the evil cult Los Illuminados, who have dug up a parasite called Las Plagas. Uh, Osman Sadler using this to control his cattle, which is the literal translation for Ganados, uh, in his bid of basically it's just straight up world domination so that sounds like a b-movie because it is steve what was your first uh reaction to this story bearing in mind of course that it is intentionally designed to stand alone you get the opening cutscene. it's up to us to take our umbrella if by us you mean the stock market what was your reaction to that abandonment of story and where re4 took the series see i didn't i kind of had the implications that that you know uh that it was more I felt like it was going to be like they were going underground, they were going dark, you know? Mm. I, I, never, I never saw it as Umbrella is done, because I always thought, well, I think it was, you know, youthful naivete, where I just go, nah, they won't kill Umbrella off like that, there's something going on. And then right. when Krauser, like, says the words Umbrella, I there was a pang of relief in my heart, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I, the story feels like a cheesy 90s movie, the kind of thing that would star, like, Steven, Steven Seagal or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, there's a chef on a train or a boat that can't be sped up or whatever the f- you know, and then you go, 
Keanu Reeves is saving the day. You know, it feels very conventional, mm-hmm. and uh, there is no point to it other than let's just plow through a load of dudes, which is which is funny because you know, it's got obviously it's got that kind of mentality to the writing of the plot and how it goes. Uh, and I I can't begrudge it because it's wearing it's very much wearing that influence on its sleeve. Whereas the other the other the, the preceding games are obviously trying to wear more of a horror kind of elements and tropes and like ah horror, monsters. This is very much like you know I'm going to kick your ass and sh- down your neck kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I never begrudged it. It was very much a tonal shift. It wasn't what I was expecting at the time. Like, I, 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 as I've said, I was expecting, when's this blimp bit going to show up? And where, where's Hookman? And like, oh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I probably thought the same sort of thing, to be honest. So it, it's a weird dichotomy that I can, I see Resident Evil 4 in its own little vacuum as the, the, the weird action movie cousin that doesn't really go anywhere, but somehow has implications for the entirety of the series going forward. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> especially at the it time, took, it very much felt like that. Yeah, it took like a good six months later when they added a uh, basically an additional mission pack in the way of separate ways to actually properly screw it back into the main plot somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then um, since then, RE5 and Darkseid have sort of weaved backwards into it, but it's yeah. still, it, you're right, it still feels like its own little pocket universe. It's like, I mean, you can, we talked about obviously villains in the previous episode. Um, even RE5, it has a degree of campness and stuff like that, but it's nowhere on this level. Um, I'd say Irving, Irving feels like a spare part of RE4. Yeah, but then once Um, he's done with, I think it, you get back to sort of the quote unquote real Resident Evil story where you're finding out about sort of the history of the virus and you're chasing after Wesker and stuff, not, you know, to, to uh, dump on RE4 story, but it, it feels like, okay, now we're back to... To normality exactly. a bit. Um, I mean, RE4, it, it, you don't even learn about how the Plagueis is operating until they kill off, apparently, their key researcher, and then it's only in, like, document dumps. No one ever really mm-hmm. explains it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, one of the key characters in the game only has one line. Uh, admittedly, it's a fairly decent one. You know, you carry the same blood as us, it seems, and all that lot, mm-hmm. with Vittorio's uh, Mendez. Uh, it's, it's a very peculiar one when it comes to the story. Yeah, once you actually sort of read into it and piece it together, it's a lot better. But the game doesn't exactly go out of its way to give you all that backstory. The, the intent is to, to let new players in and, and not bog them down with story. But I still argue that you could have done that with some of the original ideas that we know about. You could have had Leon going to Spencer's European estate, and this is sort of like the village beforehand. You could uh, have him track down the man behind Umbrella, and still have it make sense to new players. Because, you know, new players coming in, no umbrella bad, virus bad. Leon, good guy, take down bad guy who create virus. That's all, you know, it needs to be as simple as that. And if you want it to be goofy, which would be a bit weird, because Spencer does feel like the, the big bad, you know. But you could give him, like, a Salazar-esque butler or something. Uh, but, you know, this is the direction they went. I like it now. I mean, it's taken a long time to, to sort of acclimatise to it. It's still really weird. And I thought, I mean, that was the reason why I sat and watched it being played rather than playing it myself, because I felt like, you know, <laughs> hashtag not my Resident Evil, to be honest. Um, but but now, yeah, now I'm definitely at peace with it. Uh, James, how do you feel about the story as well? Because this obviously, as you said, this was kind of your entry point, really. 
Yeah. Um, well, before I go into the story, I want to. Um, I know we keep saying this, but there's one other enemy uh, I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, go for it. and it it's the second to last rock on your way out on the jet ski. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <laughs> this is where the you know the series and its long history with boulders, you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm sorry, but that rock needs its own story. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, the story is not. Do you know what? I, I I didn't play originally for the story. Mm. Like it was a very cookie cutter, cookie cutter story. He goes there to save the president's daughter. Just so happens to be some other thing happening for some reason, and. Then, you know, other parties are getting involved, and it's all a little bit of a mess. Um, like, Louis Sarah did not expect him to be lead scientist guy. <laughs> yeah. Super cool as well. That guy, I like his character. I was just like, wait, you're a lead scientist? I mean, I know that's like, you know, judging a book by its color, but when you first meet him, you kick ass with him. Like, so, you know, mm. it, it didn't make much sense to me um, you know, that he, he, he was the lead scientist, but yeah, um, I just didn't play it for the story. The, the, the most interesting thing about RE4 to me, and I said it during my playthrough with Steve um, of RE4, is and it, it's something that has only two lines or something, and it's when you go into the mine about halfway or three-quarters way through the game, and you're looking at um, just a bunch of rocks, <laughs> and yeah. the rocks are fo fossils, and it says, like, it looks like these are Plaga inside fossilized inside these stones that you know is to me that's a crime to not talk about that more mm. you know it's like <laughs> these were around for a very long time right and they were around and they've been revitalized and reawakened or reworked on or whatever modified um yeah and i wanted more like when you give me those that hook right when you tell me you know when you give me a note Although I did this, although I did this uh, this note for first day spray, right? Um, I still f feel like uh, it was unnecessary. Like you give me a note about what the butler's feeling, but you don't tell me about the origin of the plaga, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I mean, yeah. There, there is not much to the story. Like, and I don't play Resident Evil 4 for the story simply because it doesn't it feels disjointed a little bit and but there's more stuff that could be as could be built on um but you know me I'm a hopeless optimist right and I do hope that one day these kind of things are connected I know they're connected a little bit in RE5 but they're not connected enough for me mm -hmm. um and I hope that they are connected up a little bit more a little bit more succinctly um yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about characters later? Like character portrayals? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, we will do that, definitely. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say. Cause, Fair enough. I mean, ju just like just like the story, you know, my uh, idea of it is not really that in-depth. It's mm -hmm. very in-your-face. This is how it is. Oh, get there. Save President's Daughter. Bad guy. Kill bad guy. Oh, there's another party. Oh, they stole something from you. The end. That's it. That's Resident Evil 4. Sorry, spoilers, but you probably shouldn't be in here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair point. I'll just check out this RE4 podcast of a game I've ever listened to. <laughs> I'm halfway in and I'm getting spoilers. Well, 
<laughs> I a bit of a silly one. <laughs> Adam, what's your thoughts on the uh, the plot of Resident Evil Four? It's a romp. Um, <laughs> there's there's not a great deal of plot. Um, I feel like, ironically, the most plot you get is the end credits. I was um, yeah, I was hoping you would mention that. Which I love. Love the end credits of this game. It's so kind of sad um to mm. watch what happens to the villagers that you've spent all your time killing mm. um so yeah you get a lot you know you get the the whole these guys are just mining and then they come across this thing and then like the ulterior motive cult moves in and so yeah it's it's kind of that's like at the end is is in sort of direct um opposition to the game mm. it's a very somber end credits like with like monochrome and and kind of sad whereas the game is just kind of actiony so it's very interesting that way um but yeah it's it's not a game that rests on its plot as much as it rests on its gameplay uh sure it's it's perfectly serviceable it is like an action film um there are little bits here and there to read into, but mainly it's just a series of checkpoints. You know, go do this, then go do this. Mm-hmm. The the Las Plagas removal from Leon and Ashley was underwhelming, in my opinion. You just kind of stumble across this completely unprotected room, um, basically right before the end. With the file explaining it, just one room previous. One room previous, <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay... Uh, that that we tied that up. It's like, why did we even inject him with this, um, you know, Plagas? But yeah, you know, like I say, it's it's a romp. It's it's as badly acted as most of the other Resident Evils before it. Um, you know, it definitely <laughs> links links the games in that respect. Um, but it it's just fun. I've I've never really played it for the plot. I like the fact that it throws in a few um curveballs like Krauser. You know, they don't I think to their credit they don't just explain that away. It it, it leaves you coming away believing there's a much larger universe around Resident Evil 4. Right. Like, oh, Leon's worked with this guy before. I know nothing about him. Like, you know, what were they doing and, and stuff? And, you know, you get Wesker in there for... Is that the first Wesker nod since the first game? Is he mentioned no. in two or three, really? No, but Code Veronica. Code Veronica, sorry, yeah. I yeah. always forget Code Veronica because I don't like it. Um, <laughs> 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 yes, obviously Code Veronica. Mm. But, um, yeah, I just I like the fact that there is elements of a wider resident evil 4 universe as it were you know Mm. it's not coming in off of one two and three it's it's obviously you know most linked to two but it's still kind of dissociated from that um so it's nice to have like a little you know previous kind of idea of you've got krauser you've got ada back in it you know it's wesker's kind of mentioned and then later on you would get the kind of more of the Wesker stuff with the kind of separate ways and sign sure. later. Yeah. Um, Jordan, any thoughts on the plot? Well, yeah, it's uh, 
it's got a nice sort of brisk pace to it um mm -hmm. as far as sort of the cutscenes go they don't go on any longer than they need to and you can even skip them and not necessarily lose too much of an experience especially in that early portion of the game because you've only got one task and that is to you know find and rescue ashley graham mm -hmm. i mean look at her now like you know she's a she's a model she's got her own shows doing so well these days you know um <laughs> Just so people know, there is somebody actually called Ashley Graham who's, who's famous right now <laughs> in, in, tw in 2021. If you're listening to this in 2030, I can't guarantee that. But anyway. Yeah. She's doing well. Yeah. yeah she's doing well. You know, like, you know could, have, could have almost been, been killed in uh, you know, some strange Last Plagueis ritual and went on to have a successful career. Anyway, this <laughs> joke has went on way too long. <laughs> <laughs> What doesn't go on too long are the cutscenes, though. It's it's got it's got a nice pace to it. I, I like that everything is so easily skippable if you already know the story. So, with regards to replaying the game, um, they don't really hamper it apart from the QTE scenes, but you can't really get away from that. Um, it's a bit simplistic as a plot, um, in in a manner that is a bit negative, mm. because if say despite how much I love this game, if somebody told me that they were going to make a Resident Evil film and it was based on the plot of Resident Evil 4, oh, I don't think I'd necessarily care that much. Mm. Um, there's a lot of other games from the series that probably have more compelling plots. Um, there's obviously though, there's lots of great action set pieces in this game that would make a good action movie, but there's just not that much to it. And I, I think you've, you've covered all the points in that it, it does sort of lack in its lore. Um, and, and backstory and the characters introduced aren't necessarily fleshed out to a degree that um, the consequences of the plot make a big difference. I like Lewis Sarah. Um, it's a shame that he kind of just has quite a small role in the story as a whole and has an even smaller role in relative to the rest of the series. Uh, but it probably would have meant more if you'd got a bit more time with him or some some better scenes with him um that would have probably just added a bit of more of an extra punch once he leaves the story um, jordan i would say that it you're spot on there because like when he dies like leon goes like lewis like up to the sky <laughs> you know and it that's one thing that playing it through really upset me the fact his name is luis serra and <laughs> and leon will not stop saying lewis <laughs> no, come on hey, he's, lewis. he's known him for like he's known him for like maybe 12 hours at this point you, you give him a break he, he's <laughs> him a like twice <laughs> when he but, dies you're like uh, oh. I mean, also worst character death ever man he's killed by that giant saddler penis what the hell <laughs> <laughs> is that going to make it through, Sai? Yeah, I'll stay in him. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> um, I mean, with regards to Leon, I, I do love his just unwavering attitude to everything. He he has got Sam Raimi-level writing to his dialogue. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like he's going to say, like, it's you who's out, Sadler. Out of your mind. It's <laughs> it's that level of sass. And it works. Um yeah, I mean, I, I, like, apart from the things that it lacks, um, it it's serviceable. Uh, like I say, there's there's so many games that I play where if the plot isn't good, um, it's really negative because it also 
bears itself over the rest of the game. And I just don't think that's the case with Resident Evil 4, because mm. it, because it's constrained to very skippable cutscenes. Even if you're not that fussed about the story, it doesn't make that much of a of a difference. And the story being told through the environment and through the set pieces and through the action in general, it's <clears throat> sorry, in general, is you know just as good as as an experience. It's kind of a bit like Half Life Two in that way, where there's story beats every now and then, but the main part of the story, the main bulk of the story, is your experience through. Uh, all of these different set pieces and locations and struggles and that's that's what stands out so yeah it's all right it's all right i think to be fair we have been going quite a while already and we spent so much time talking about the gameplay compared to the story that i think <laughs> sums it up wonderfully really there is not a whole lot to say about it really and that, just one last little thing um d- during the course of everyone's talking I, I thought I'd take a look at who actually wrote RE4's plot. And mm. Apparently, it's Shinji Mikami. Um, so I, I can't help but feel the fact that this is so disconnected well. and disjointed and kind of uncaring for the main narrative and just want to force things into the action. Maybe the his contempt for sequels bleeding through. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, there's one last thing I forgot to mention earlier that I kind of want to touch on, and it. it it's all very episodic. Like no one appears until they need to appear. You know, like, with the exception of Sal- Sal- uh, you know, Osmond Sadler. You don't hear about Sadler, uh, Salazar until you leave the village. You don't hear about like Krauser until you're about to leave the castle. Right. Uh, it's all very incidental appearances and very. This character is now in the story now. Won't deal with them, um, which is mm. kind of a shame. Krauser is the one that sticks out like the sore thumb for me in that regard. You know, you don't. You, you, I think it's because you play so much of the game and then suddenly he appears in a cutscene mm. and then, you know, 10 minutes later, basically, you're fighting him uh, and it's done with and over. Um, he's a set, but to be fair, from a design perspective um, and his performance, he's part of a good set of villains. We talked about Sadler and Salazar, as I say, in our previous episode. They're the true winners of the sort of character pull from this game for me. They're. They're ridiculous in the best possible way. And unless we forget Mendez, um, who's been slightly mentioned in this one, who will almost certainly, if there is a remake for, be your uh, tyrant slash nemesis stalker who, who follows you around the village, I imagine. Um, so it'd be nice, if that's the case, uh, for him to have a bit more... He's literally time. wearing the coat, isn't he? He's basically, <laughs> he is just tyrant with a beard. So yeah. Uh, I'm all about it. If he gets a bit more screen time, that would be uh, pretty cool. In terms of the other I characters, know if there was a mod out there for him where he's like remodeled as the Undertaker or something. Like that. <laughs> That's what he reminds me of. Fantastic. Um, in terms of the other characters, though, um, I mean, um, Louis is—I have to love him because, just on a personal note, because his voice actor ties Resident Evil to my other favourite franchise because his voice actor played Eduardo in 1997's most overlooked animated series Extreme Ghostbusters so anytime he hey! talks anytime he talks <laughs> that's what I think of um, but other than that I don't it's hard for me to care about anyone else I think Ashley is incredibly annoying I know most that's not a controversial opinion I know a lot of people think that it's rare for me I'm quite forgiving with characters but I think she's really annoying and really stupid there's the scene where she's coughing up blood and Leon kind of expresses concern and then she runs away and gets herself 
kidnapped is what a dumb dumb and Leon isn't particularly likable either I don't recognise him as the same guy from the previous game I know he's been through some stuff by this point but it's too disjointed for me and me and James were talking about it before he literally has a moment where he basically just says no you to Sadler at one point where he's saying about small time your small time he's just he's he not calls likeable. him bro as well I love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's yeah. just bro He's infuriating. He's not. He's not likable, which is fine because the villains are kind of likable in their stupid campness. So that works for me. Um, Steve, how do you feel about the characters? See, I like them all in their, their own dumb, unique way. Like I see Leon totally not as the Leon Kennedy we know. Like as just a one-liner spitting badly spitting machine. I, I could I could tolerate them as just a, a, a goofy idiot. Uh, you know, tinfoil hat time. This is obviously guiding Leon, and because they don't know anything about how Leon operates, they do their own thing. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Neptune. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it is it, honestly even Ashley doesn't infuriate me that much. I just see her as a bratty, stupid kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only character who really kind of gets a bit old is Salazar after a while because he has one joke and he keeps running with it and he talks about a ritual which serves apparently no purpose but to waste time. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as much as I like him as a meme, as a, as a silly character, it doesn't really do much for me otherwise. Um, yeah, I, 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 they're all okay. I think the characters don't really mean much to me until you get to like Ada and stuff. And even then, that's yeah. she's the only one who feels like she's translated well from her yes, original incarnation. I agree with that, yeah. This feels yeah, like she, the where we actually round out her character moving forward. Mm, like Ada feels the same Ada. Everyone else is, uh, you know, they're, they're all some wacky people from Crazy Town. <laughs> um, even Wesker's like a little bit extra with his whole like, you will kill them all. No, he is expendable. You know, and mm. all these like, Machiavellian schemes, which which fits with his arc at this point. Uh, yeah, but the, the, they're okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what's your uh, thought on the characters? Are they are they just okay? In a, in like a one off, they're okay. But I would definitely agree that they don't. Other than Ada, um, Leon doesn't feel like the Leon that we were kind of introduced to. Mm. I feel like I would have been more interested if. The main character, the way they did it, was uh, Billy Cohen. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mm. think I would have preferred it because he could he huh. <laughs> he comes across a bit more broish. Right, that's a really good point. Government agent, uh, yeah. former soldier. Yeah, you know, presumed dead. One-liners. He could he could be doing the 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 out out outside of America undercover work. Oh, I, like I like that. Yeah, it would have been really cool. Um, and it would have like rounded out his story, mm. kind of. Um, I almost think that they picked Leon early on uh, because they, all the other sort of major characters had come back at least once by this point. Um, because he was obviously meant to be in the Hookman version and stuff like that. Um, and I think they just stuck with it and they just stuck it out. They stuck and, with the same and, character and, even yeah. though the game changed entirely. Right, yeah. and then the tone changed around him. So his character sort of went with that as well. That's my assumption anyway. Right. Uh, James, any... see. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just I, I can really see. Yeah, you know, listening to the lines and thinking, I can really see Billy Cohen doing. Yeah, that's that. such a great shout. Someone make that mod, basically, if it doesn't exist. Now, and, yeah, the way that, he, that Leon interacts with um, Ashley as well, it just feels like it would be perfect for Billy Cohen. So, hundred percent, I love that. Uh, James, any standout characters, good or bad, for you? 
Uh, Leon is bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't. One, he doesn't look like the Leon we know. Two, he doesn't act like the Leon we know. And three, they're just adding him to look like like a misogynist, and it's just yeah. not cool. Um, so for people who like, I think that's why like this. It's so. Uh, there's such a contrast in people who like and dislike this game because you know, pe- you know, when you think about it, Leon is beloved from RE2, right? Rightfully so because he's a sweet boy, right? But in RE4, he's not that anymore, and we don't get any reason about why he's changed, mm-hmm. like uh, why he's changed up. I agree with you, yeah. And uh, every time Leon talks, I'm like, oh, he says the first one, I'm like, shut up, Leon, stop, just let me keep playing. Um, and then Ashley. So I, I agree. She's she's annoying and she's she's a little bit dumb and like I understand why she got caught. Um, you know, she they're probably like probably an ice cream van just turned up outside the White House <laughs> and just over a megaphone said, "Hey, Ashley Graham, I have a double Sunday. Come get it." And she was like, "Oh, all right," you know, and she just ran out. Exactly. Browsers just- soft serve. <laughs> <laughs> and she got in and then she was taken away to the island <laughs> and she's yeah, sitting she... there being like so when am I going to get this uh, Sunday you mentioned <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah I think the most like the most attractive thing about the game is the villains um, Sadler is, is super cool um, uh, even though again not really fully explained he's just bad guy for bad guy reasons and that's that's going back to the story, you know, which is not good. But he he's uh, he's a likable villain in terms of like uh, being a villain, right? Like he's doing all the right things. Um, Ramon Salazar hilarious when you first meet him, but gets kind of annoying because um, he just goes around and around being a bad guy. Um, <laughs> probably my favorite villains are. I don't. They don't say anything, but again, Verdugos. Mm. Like the Vadu guy, um, they they don't say anything. They just sit there and click the clickers and throw knives at Leon. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I th- but I think like out of the characters that were introduced to, I think uh, Luis Sarah is still my favorite one. Um, and it's simply, I, I my head canon is that he isn't a head scientist at all. Like he's. I don't know why he's there. Maybe because he's a private investigator, but he's just, I just like talking to him or I like listening to him. He's, you know, and uh, other than his um, silly comment about ballistics, mm-hmm. when you first meet him, I like, you know, and now she's like, how dare you? I got in that van fully expecting a double Sunday. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like the like the story. The the characters haven't been given much work, mm. um, and the gameplay is what carries this game. Um, yeah, I'm going to read uh, another quote from one of our Patreon supporters, Luigi. He says, uh, first, "When this first came out, I remember borrowing money from my parents to buy it from Woolworths on PS2. Remember Woolworths? <gasps> Woolies, yeah." <laughs> I loved it, absolutely loved it, but it's absolutely bonkers and often makes no sense whatsoever. The controls are evil, and it was the game that made me lose interest in Leon, which, you know, I think we definitely 
mostly okay. agreed there. Uh, there's a reason why it has so many ports, because it's a massive money spinner, but I think it's the quote-unquote casual fans game of choice in the series. Uh, we'll get to, to ports a little bit right at the end, but before we do, uh, we should at least talk a little bit about the way the game looks and sounds. I know we touched on it a bit in general, but let's talk a little bit about aesthetics. Uh, personally... As I said, I've played the PS2 version this time around. Uh, Steve often describes it as looking like dishwater. I would say that's pretty oh, accurate. <laughs> um, the cutscenes in this game sort of look like a tapestry stitched together with cornflakes. It's abysmal. Um, I'm not. I don't tend to be the kind of person that says, "Oh, I'm gonna. I've got to play the HD version. I can go back. I've got all my old consoles. I pretty much never got rid of anything. I don't think so. I can always go back and play the original one. Usually, I do. But uh, this has aged a lot. The PS2 version, and I imagine the GameCube version as well. Um, if you're not going to alleviate some of the wear and tear by using the motion controls or keyboard and mouse, then I would say the HD version is probably a must at this point. Um, and after seeing a bit of it, it looks it looks wonderful. Um, I did ask the Discord server what their preferred way to play Resident Evil 4 is, and the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions, um, as well as Steam, uh, came out on top, which is not surprising. And I think it says a lot about, you know, we'll make all the jokes we can about it being ported, but people will continue to buy it and play it on the most recent platforms that they have. Uh, it almost certainly will come to current-gen systems in due time as well. Uh, but that being said, the PlayStation version was also up there in terms of number of votes, so I think I've a lot of people go back to what they know and what they played it on originally because obviously most of the sales for this game originally came on that version so uh, that's interesting i guess there's a nostalgia for playing booting up on your old console like that um and i yeah i enjoyed doing it but i if i played it again now i would probably want to play it as shiny as possible now that i've had that sort of old crusty experience uh adam what are your feelings on the aesthetics of this game i'll definitely echo you from the you know, GameCube PS2 version, it's very brown and murky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed playing it through, um, like I say, on the Switch. I, I downloaded it recently and it just looked really good still. Um, I love the... There obviously are a lot of reused assets. Right. Um, but it doesn't feel like it so much. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job at fleshing out the world. There's a lot of details. Areas aren't just empty. They they have a lot of, you know, little bits and pieces strewn around, which is really nice. Um, yeah. It just still looks good. It It's not, you know, obviously blowing current-gen stuff out of the water, but it still just is entirely serviceable for a game. Um, playing it in, in on the HD ports, everything's very clear. When enemies are throwing stuff at you, it's mm-hmm. it's very easy to discern. It's not blurry or or washed out at all. Um, it's it's good. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about the aesthetics in terms of it being a game from two thousand and five. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think what you said as well about repeating assets and stuff like that, what also helps is the pace that new locations come at in that game. It's not like super quick, but it also, you don't stay, 
somewhere for too long you've got a couple of chapters right. in the village and then you move on and so you get to see these new, all these new areas which uh, separate the game into different portions so that worked in its favour definitely and I really yeah. like the The island at the end is probably the most dull yeah I'd agree with that because it's very just generic mm-hmm. um, the castle's probably the sta- like the village is probably the most fun yeah, the castle is probably the most aesthetically pleasing, just because yes. they have yeah. like luxurious areas and then dungeony areas. And, yeah, and then for the sure. the prison the prison island is a bit of a letdown, I'll say, but it goes kind of quick at the end there. So, mm-hmm. um, Steve, what do you think of the aesthetics of the game? Uh, to echo what you know, Adam's just said, really, the, I think the village is the strongest. Um, the, the fact that this came out in 2005 on the GameCube should not be understated when you look at the kind of graphics we had back then. Like, even something as simple as, uh, well, simple, uh, you know, it's a AAA blockbuster, Steve, but MGS2, the texture work is night and day between these two games. And that's mm-hmm. a step of three years. Like, um, the fact that they man- managed to maintain a consistent frame rate with reasonably strong detail, visual fidelity. Yeah, quite a feat. Even on the GameCube version, there was never like I don't remember any particularly dramatic slowdown or performance yeah, issues there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's not like I believe like Metroid Prime was sixty frames, whereas this was locked at thirty. But besides that, that's not that's nothing. Um, the the location themselves, I actually feel like everyone always talks about how great the village and castle are. I want to just utter a few words of defense, or at least a little bit on the side of the island. I would say that the island definitely is 50-50, but uh, some of the interiors actually remind me a lot of Remake 1 in uh, the environments. They're very damp, very cold feeling, um, and mm. particularly like the laboratory area where the regenerators are and yeah. the prison cells. And then in the castle and the island is like these brief ancient tomb-like areas, which are very interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like that, that each area had their own mindset, their own aesthetic to kind of follow in a parallel to like Doom episodes where you have like, you know, you want tech based, then you're on Mars, then you're in the depth of hell. Mm. Each, each one's got their own distinct theme and flavoring, which is the way the narrative seems to flow in those areas. Um, yeah, it I'm meandering to a point. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think. Each one has their own distinct feel and flavour. Aesthetically, the island is probably the worst, but it's also where you get most of the narrative. True, true. Um, Jordan, what's your thoughts on the way the game looks? Well, uh, it was a fantastic-looking game for its time. Still looks great now, um, Mm. in most respects. Um, But I was always... I was always a bit sort of apprehensive with regards to sort of HD ports of this game, because... It came out at a particular time um, in the SD era where I would argue that games were hitting a kind of fidelity um, that was playing to all the strengths um, or limitations of uh, a tube telly, a CRT. Um, Games like like Resident Evil 4, games like Snake Eater, games like Shower of the Colossus, uh, all really stood out on on a tube television and, and looked like they were just blowing everything out of the water. And to achieve that uh, vision, they, they typically had to kind of pull some tricks that when simply transferred to a 720p image, um, you, you know, in a, in a more sort of like clear resolution, uh, 
on a newer console doesn't necessarily transfer as, as well. Um, so I was a little bit apprehensive about it because just the fact of the matter is that some of the asset detail is just not going to be there once you're blowing up the resolution, you know, two or three or four times. Uh, but it does it does stand up because it has a very strong art style. Um, everything works um, to the to the same kind of uh, level of detail that was actually sort of achieved in remake. Um, I think obviously remake had the strength of having pre-rendered uh, backgrounds that allowed it to kind of achieve some better ambience with regards to to lighting um, and, and you know other effects. Uh, but Resident Evil 4 still holds up really well. And I say that despite the fact that I'm quite critical of the ports um, of the game. I feel like sometimes Capcom could have probably gone a little bit further in their efforts, um, especially when compared to some fan efforts through mods. Mm. Uh, textures are probably the, the biggest letdown because those, those textures can only be up so much before... Uh, the, the detail is is quite apparently lacking, um, and and that is still the case. But it doesn't stand out that prominently that it affects a playthrough. I, you know, I played this on Xbox One, and it still looked great. Um, it it's it's still very fluid. Um, so I think obviously, bar uh, the PS2 version and the first PC release, I, I think you're otherwise you're still getting a, a pretty great visual. And after all, I do have experience with the iOS version from 2009. <laughs> oh, I mean, if you have any reservations about how this, this game looks, uh, go and have a look at the iPhone version, because <laughs> it could be far worse. Um, but no, it's, 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 it's great. I, I like uh, the way that obviously the game had sort of given up, uh, given away the ability to frame shots um, by giving the player the, the camera control, which meant that you wouldn't necessarily get the kind of views of vistas automatically that you would in a fixed camera angle game um, previously. There's a few instances where it does force the camera to a certain position because it really does want to show off what you're about to face. Um, but... Uh, you know, for the most part, the, the game still looks great from all angles. Um, I like the way that while there is a multitude of different places that you go, it's not sort of um, clear-cut uh, where you're leaving one place and entering another. They really kind of do a good job of sort of blending it. So mm. it's all sort of tangible. Um, because if you were to just sort of like look at it on paper that you go from sort of you know, a village to castle to uh, you know prison island and industrial industrial levels and laboratories and that it would look a little bit disjointed and yet it doesn't feel like that because uh, it all makes sense and in, in you know the the level design and a, a lot of these levels aren't necessarily connected uh, directly. There's quite a few different transition sequences that you probably don't even really notice, but when they occur, they're able to take you from uh, one location to another vastly different location. And you don't really kind of feel that jarring shift. You don't mm -hmm. feel like it's just a new level. It feels like an extension of the last level. And that will feel like a lead into the next level. And it works really well in that manner. 
Um, but yeah, it just stands out great. The characters still look great. Um, they look great on GameCube. Um, they, they look like nothing else, to be quite honest. I still think that Leon's hair just... I don't know. It's fascinating. It just looks really good. Mm. I think that hair assets are particularly hard to yeah. create, especially in that generation of hardware. And I don't know. It still looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's visu visually, it's a treat on on most platforms. It could be better, um, but it's 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 almost good looking enough that people even say, "Why why do you need to remake it?" Um, yeah. and mm -hmm. that's a pretty good argument for how good the visuals have stood up. Certainly, definitely. James, what are your thoughts on the aesthetics? That's visual, and I know you said some things about audio earlier, so why not bundle it all together? Yeah, uh, love, I mean, I played it on uh, played the uh, HD Ultimate Edition uh, on Steam, on PC, and the game looks beautiful, and like, there's many ways to kind of um, lessen the filter effect and increase the filter effect in the game as well. Um, though I like... Uh, just personal preference, I like Filter 4 because it looks like the filter has been reduced to a minimum. Um, and all the lines in it are pretty smooth, so the game really its you can really show off with the, the PC version. Um, I love, I do love the visuals, however um, it has its own I guess this is kind of a good thing and a bad thing. It has its own aesthetic. Mm. Like as soon as you as soon as you're showing a picture, like take Leon out of the out of the screenshot, or Ashley or Ada. As soon as you see a screenshot of this game, you know it's RE4, right? And it's I think that's pretty interesting. Um, but at the same time, the double-edged side of that is like every color that is used in it is is a different form of brown. Yeah. So it's <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 uh yeah it's I, I don't like the color brown. So like it's it's especially for a computer game. Um, but at the, at the time, I think, you know, what they're going for is trying to make it dreary. However, the game is an action game. So just, I would have liked a little bit more color in there, a little bit more green. Um, yeah, like, I think the most the col most colorful levels you're going to see in this game is, uh, is it Chapter 3, The Castle? Um, yeah, it starts around then. Yeah, Chapter 3, yeah. Uh, two and, yeah, yeah, 3. Um... Yeah, the most color you're going to get is from the the rooms. Uh, you're going to see the gold livery, the mm. tapestries, and and everything, which is very very pretty pretty to see. Um, yeah, the game the game just looks great, and it looks great for the time it came out. And you know, I've never really knocked it for how it looks, other than the color color palette that it has. Yeah. In terms of audio, um, yeah, this game is so good and controversial, probably because we have a lot of. Um, um, we have a lot of uh, our original RE trilogy heads in here who love that game, but I think it is far better than the OG one, two, or three soundtrack. Because, like, especially when you, if you got, like I said earlier, you got you got headphones on, you go into you, when you first um, encounter the Novistadors, holy crap! Yeah, that's a standard <laughs> one for me as well. Yeah, like it's like there's this like it's. Okay, so I have a real sensitivity to sound, um, especially high-pitched sounds, and it can be very frustrating for me sometimes, like a lot of TV and film music, um, like that really high-pitched, white, almost white noise sound, which is, is it's screeching. However, in just before you meet the Navistadors, it's 
it's done, but it's not done in a way that is annoying. It's done in a way that is anxiety-inducing and terrifying, mm-hmm. and which is what you want because those Navisadors are terrifying. They're the first monster you come across that can turn invisible, right? And they're fast, and they 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 play dead as well. And you have to be very quick with them, and kind of the 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 sound kind of gives. And also, you have to you have to listen to the sound work. You have to listen to these things as they move around you, or else you'll be effed. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like I think another standout kind of like I could go on about it forever, to be honest, because a lot of the the music and the sound and the and the effects in this game are great. But the other standout for me is the music in the um, in the lab, like the abandoned lab where the generators in, leading into the prison, and then about halfway through the prison. Um, it sounds a lot like it's inspired by Silent Hill. Um, like I can't. It's like a it's like a warbling whistle. Interesting. And yeah, and it, it, it it's as soon as it came on, I was like, and every time I played it, I thought this sounds like some. I feel like I'm in Silent Hill. And then when I look around as well, the backgrounds and everything, the textures and where you are, it feels like Silent Hill. So it would be cool to like send a question in to the creators one day and say, "Hey, was this bit actually inspired by Silent Hill?" <laughs> right? Because like I, I didn't even like, I didn't even. It was like a gut feeling. I just immediately, "Oh, this is Silent Hill. This feels like Silent Hill." I don't know why that is. I. I don't know if anybody else got that feeling from those two areas. What I will say definitely is uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil up to this point had very different soundscape ideas. Resident Evil's uh, music is very different to sort of Silent Hill's strange ambient and there's a lot of noise and uh, droning stuff. And that is very much the case with RE4. It leans very much into sort of just sort of droning ambience. Yeah, um, that's that's what it sounded like. It was mm-hmm. like that warbling whistle, and that's what it, I think that's what you why I'm connecting it because right. that was yeah very much like just it's just noise and you don't know the origin of it. Um, and just quickly, also want to talk about the sound design of the weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, the every single weapon is unique and sounds like it should. It sounds great. Great sound design by the weapons. And the way that, you know, if you shoot uh, a scythe or an axe out this guy and you hear that ting, you know, it's just, and it, it feels good. And all the way that you, you know, instant gratification about hitting a, a dynamite stick from yeah. a villager and it just, boom, you know, it just explodes and it feels good. It feels impactful. Um, great sound design in this game. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, other than the, the voice acting. I'm not even <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because uh, sort of like diehard First Aid Spray land fans will know about the laced records, the vinyls that we they've been putting out. We talked about it in the news and, you know, I put out a couple of videos looking at them. I picked up the vinyls for one, the, the remake of the first game. It's two, three, Code Veronica and Zero. And when they announced the one for four, I just sort of turned my nose up at it and went, yeah, I'm not really interested. I can't <laughs> see myself listening to that on a vinyl player um that's still definitely true i wouldn't put it on just for something to listen to or anything like that but i'll tell you what it definitely works in context 100 Mm -hmm. um that awful droning noise it just makes you 
on edge, makes you feel prickly, makes you worried about what is around you in this sort of 360 space. Because in this game, unlike uh, any game in the series before it, it's much easier for things to sneak up behind you because you can't see directly behind you. And that's what the soundtrack yeah. makes me think, is that there is there could be something uh, out of view um, in a different fashion that, that fixed camera angles can provide. I think it works fantastically um, for the game. But yeah, I wouldn't, <laughs> unlike the other ones, I wouldn't just put it on for something to listen to. Um, I I I I mean I'm the same. I couldn't just stick. Other than maybe the safe. Yeah, safe there's theme. a few. Yeah, there is a few pieces that are more like actual tracks, like actual music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Steve, any thoughts on the the sound design? Like uh, like James has said, for a start, the the weaponry uh, all have their own unique feel, which I think hands well. There, I mean, I don't think we've even touched on. There is not a single bad weapon. In Leon's potential arsenal, mm. which is you know a testament to game design, but that's an aside. I this this game in particular its soundtrack is a departure, like it's a departure from all of the previous games that came before it. Uh, it, it literally is designed to be backing tracks as you you know the mayhem unfolds. I, I do like obviously your big bombastic tracks, like for example, fighting Salazar, fighting Sadler. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any of Ada's themes in separate ways and mercenaries are the only ones that I take away from it. Everything else is just kind of like, and then suddenly stops. The thing that always gets to me, and it's just probably just a personal thing, the way the sound is used, sound effects and all that, and all the way they kind of speak, fantastic. But the music just cuts dead, like like almost like the battle is over. There's no like cadence to it. It's just. Cut, done, and it's uh, it always draws me a little bit out, which is a shame because it's monotonous and droning enough that it just kind of gets subconsciously into you. Um, I suppose I don't know if that's meant to be a some kind of peaks and troughs thing and just draw you straight back out and say, Right, you're safe now. Um, that it, it creeps yeah. in and then just gets cut straight away. But yeah, aside from literally the boss themes or side mode themes, nothing really. Is anything I'm going to be like going? Ah, that's a jam I'll listen to, or you know, it, I, I, it's which is a shame because like RE1, even the Resident Evil games I'm not too keen on, uh, always have something in the soundtrack to like chew on. You know, I, I, I'm probably the most critical of Code Veronica on the podcast, and I'll still turn around and say that soundtrack is bangers like nine percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, sorry RE4, but there's one thing that I don't really find very impressive it is the soundtrack. That's fair. Um, Jordan, any any thoughts on the audio design of the game? Well, I think it works well uh, for for the kind of game it is. Um, it's a it's a tough soundtrack to really put into words or describe. I think it would be much easier to be able to talk about soundtrack selections from, say, the first three Resident Evil games. They stand out. They have very deliberate themes for a lot of the areas, and it comes straight back to your mind when you mention them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might know the soundtrack of Resident Evil 4 like the back of your hand, but, you know, good luck trying to describe it to people. Like, (laughs) oh, what's your favorite track from Resident Evil 4? Um, Give me a couple pants. Let me me play this out for you. Um, It's just, yeah, it it is very ambient. Um, I don't think it's weak. I think it's it is different, but I don't think it necessarily um, falls short. It, it just it's going for something different. Um, I mean, the, the the first sort of marching kind of uh, 
theme that you get uh, at the beginning, uh, you know, when the villagers are first attacking you, and it's just a, it's just a drone of um, the, the same kind of banging over and over, this slow banging, it, it just kind of building up the, the the tension, the sort of feeling like the walls are closing in on Leon. Um, I think I think tracks like that work well. Obviously, there are more traditional pieces which are great and they do stand out. Um, it's just it's just a hard one to necessarily uh, articulate as a soundtrack and, and what it performs. Mm-hmm. It is a little surprising because obviously there's there's lots of other aspects of the, the game that are hammy. Um, it is it is clearly meant to be overall um, an action game, an action story. The lead character is you know walking around like a chad, you know just. <laughs> throwing off one-liners and just not necessarily kind of caring that much like he's you know he's he's not like scared stiff um but the the music is almost like just going in the opposite direction mm-hmm. any kind of music or ambience is really trying to kind of dial up that no this is a horror this is a thriller you should be scared here um it does it very well but when you think of it in that kind of way that just about everything other Every other aspect of the theming is going in one direction, which is more hammy. And then the soundtrack is just trying to take it a bit more serious. There is a bit of a tear there. But again, probably doesn't really stand out that much uh, because they know when to bring in the music. They know when to bring in the ambience mm-hmm. uh, to, to play up whichever environment you're in. And yeah, one of the standout ones is is the sort of laboratory area or the, uh, sort of the, the, um, the operating room. Area with the regenerators. Mm. That's uh, that's a perfect theme. Um, I, I I'm not uh, uh, much of a sort of an expert on Silent Hill or its soundtracks, so I can I can say for sure just how much it sort of lifts from that. But whatever, it works perfectly for that section, and I'm I'm glad that they went in that direction rather than go with a sort of a traditional theme. Um, but it just depends on what kind of person you are with it. Whether you do like more music or, or or less music for your attention, we obviously we kind of went over this somewhat when we were talking about Metal Gear Solid. Um, you know, having an understated soundtrack, uh, particularly for certain gameplay segments where the director effectively wants you to focus on the, the sounds of your environment. Right. Um, it it can work, but I can fully understand why it's divisive. I think if there is. One maybe sort of shortcoming of the audio. It's uh, it's it's the fact that I mean I don't know if this is the case for all of the versions. I don't know if there is an alternative stereo surround version of Resident Evil Four, but I just found that um, hearing the villagers um, at close range, no matter where they are, is um, just really distracting. I was playing this on a TV, so I wasn't playing this in headphones, mm. and. Um, for a game where you really need to be um, aware of the of the space, the immediate space around you, constantly hearing enemies that aren't there is really distracting. <laughs> and I yeah. just don't know why that was the case. I think it would have probably worked a little bit better if uh, you could at least get some idea. I'm, I'm not asking for some kind of 9.1 super HD cinema surround sound kind of setup. Just a stereo mix that understands distance better than it seems to. I don't know if that is just a limitation from when the GameCube version originally came out 
I don't know if they can fix it, but that is a shortcoming for me. Understandable, really. I definitely understand that perspective. Uh, and finally, Adam, any thoughts on the audio design for RE4? Definitely think the soundtrack is super weak for me. There's nothing that ever really stands out. Um, but I do like the sound design. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's the sound is satisfying. An enemy's head exploding is super satisfying sound. Shooting, you know, a, a thrown object out of the air. Um, the guns all sound good. Um, the it, if wearing headphones, the the voices are super creepy, and so I really enjoy the sound design of the game. But honestly, the actual soundtrack I can take or leave. Um, yeah, I will not say any more because we are. Yep. That's going fine. super long and i <laughs> yeah I, uh, yeah i'm just looking at that clock like wow i knew this was going to be a long one hello and welcome to re4 podcast part five <laughs> um that's fine i will move us along to sort of a last point or try and keep this as brief as possible somehow just some thoughts on the legacy of re4 um you know it's gone down in history as we said at the beginning it's hugely important not just for resident evil but gaming in general the big laugh point you know point re4 and laugh meme is all the ports um any thoughts on that and you know the the talk of a remake does anybody have any strong feelings one way or the other um i'll, I'll kick us off um I'm a little more 25-75, I'd say, on a remake of this game than I was before. I don't think it's necessary by any means. Um, I'm worried about further changes it can make since the remakes have already put us on some sort of like shaky ground, lore-wise. <clears throat> but it could also backfire, considering that it's the darling of the series. Then again, some of the stuff that I've seen fans draft up for how a potential RE4 remake could work is sort of enough to make you salivate. Now I've sort of grown to love this game over the last few years, really, is when I really let myself uh, just sort of like let go of those issues that I had with it. Made me think, you know, it'd be cool if they tweak this a little, tweak that a little. But I will say I'm firmly in the camp of no still, even if it is 25-75. I think we need to move forward. I think we can let the fans do those things. Uh, but I am pretty certain that you are going to get a remake four, and it very easily could go terribly wrong. Um, James, what do you think about legacy ports and the potential of a remake? Uh, first of all, yeah. First of all, I want to talk about kind of you know the appreciation we need to have for RE4. Um, I think the community needs to appreciate it more because if it wasn't for RE4, we wouldn't have remake two. Sure, we wouldn't absolutely. have remake three. Um, we wouldn't have Revelations 2. I haven't played Revelations 1 yet, so I can't make an opinion on that. It, yeah, um, it's still true. Yeah, like they've kind of it paved the way so these games can be made and uh, have been perfected, really. Mm. Um, that's, so that's its legacy, in a way, is that it's creating a more perfected game and in, uh, kind of giving more ideas or rather leading people to more ideas in the future. Um, in terms of a remake, I would like it to be remade, but I always like remakes. <laughs> I have a I have a soft spot for remakes all the time. Like every time I hear one coming out, I always get so excited about them. Um, maybe to a fault. Um, but I would like to see it remade simply because uh, I want the story to be good. Because I think if the story is decent and it's reworked and made a little bit more modern and a little bit more accessible um, and less 
whatever RE4 currently is, then, you know, this game could be a real, like, I mean, it's already, somehow, it's already, like, one of the most successful games in the franchise, but, mm-hmm. like, if it's remade and properly chiseled, it could be made into, like, one of the best Resident Evil games ever made. Um until the future, anyway. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, that, <laughs> that's that's its legacy. Is it, it's created it's created these games that we all love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of that. Its DNA is in everything we play today, um, of, other than the the OGs, uh, which I also enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. I, I do hope there is a remake. I um yeah I agree. I think it's funny because as much as my heart does truly really lie with those original games that's you know nostalgia and everything of if i had to pick out of the three perspectives that re3 has gone through over its time fixed camera over the shoulder first person i think over the shoulder is the most resident evil it's made the most appearances so it definitely helps but it stood the test of time more than anything because as you say without re4 you don't have remake two and three um you don't we don't find ourselves where we are it's those fixed camera games really only existed for a short period of time in the sort of grand scheme of the franchise um we've been with re4 a hell of a lot longer than we've gone without it beforehand if you understand what i mean it's been around a long time and it's 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 legacy still holds um let's go with adam what's your uh your your thoughts on the legacy and a potential remake um, it's the highest rated Resident Evil game, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's got such a legacy. I, I'm never upset about remakes happening because my opinion is it doesn't, you know, they don't destroy all, all the copies of the original that's still available for you. Um, but you know, I'm there's going to be way too much expectation on a remake mm-hmm. of this game. And honestly, I don't think it could ever even come close. It's a no-win scenario, It's just it? such... Yeah, exactly. It's it's a product of its time. It It's, you know, it's a basically, you know, it's funny because it's one of those games that is a huge mainstream hit, but it's also kind of like a cult hit in its own way and... It's like everything. It's such it's such a great game. Remaking it is is just kind of I feel setting yourself up to fail. Uh, I'll still be playing the remake if and when it comes out. I'm sure it'll be a good game. But you know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of got everything going against it. If you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Steve, the, I'm sorry. I was going to say the only way. We're going to, you know, like you say, no win. If we get like an exact port, but just like with basically like, you know, the new RE engine graphics, Mm -hmm. that's cool and awesome. It will look beautiful, but then it's just the same game. Right. Um, And if they try and do something else with it, which I would prefer, it runs the risk of upsetting a lot of people. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Steve, thoughts on Legacy and the remake? Oh. Oh well, let's uh, let's sum this up in under five minutes. Oh. <laughs> right. So, as someone who like has been here from you know the start and going all the way through, it was it was. I I was 
pretty much like on board for them just throwing whatever they wanted at me, and I'd, I'd consume it because I'm like rapidly resident. You stick Resident Evil on it, doesn't matter what it is, I'll, I'll take a look. Um, four was in many ways a genre shift and a, at least in the public eye, a breath of fresh air. Mm. I I, uh, I have no distaste for it. As I've said, I I can pretty much like anything. You slap a Resident Evil label on it, I'll at least give it a go. Maybe not a number another Anderson film, but that's, that's by the by. Um, yeah, four was at the time like a sign of things moving forwards in regards to the gaming industry. And like we've already touched on this in the podcast, but the fact that RE4 to date still is probably the biggest renovation on what a third-person shooter is cannot be understated. It cannot be discounted on the mark this game left on you know the wider industry. Uh, as regards the franchise itself, there are now more over-the-shoulder games than there are fixed camera games. Hmm. And as much as I am literally on the come on Capcom just 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 the once, just just for us old schoolers, give us one more fixed camera game. Hmm. If we never get one and we just get more third-person action games, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, RE4's legacy is never going to be its narrative. It's going to be its gameplay. Uh, when it comes to remaking this thing, I am very much in the uh, why bother. Like, it's fine as it is. Uh, yeah. But that's probably because I'm, you know, comfortable to it. If I had to do anything, like, uh, I want to just uh, shout out two things. Last year, we got a follow-up season to Twin Peaks a show that was finished in the 90s. Uh, Doom had a new episode made by its creator in 2020. Like, I, my approach to RE4 is very different to what is likely anything anyone ever would do. I would like literally go, right, let's just expand on some content, use the same engine. Maybe take the fan HD mod and roll with it. It's a very different thing. Uh, I, I am all in favor of just making more RE4 as RE4 was. Than mm-hmm. anything like using the RE engine or throwing in new mechanics and new things like that, or just rewriting the story. I think it's fine as it is, uh, which is probably the awkward stick in the mud approach. I apologize. For more no, details, go on first day spray and watch five editions. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's in the description. Um, no, I think it's a it's a it's a good unique perspective to have, and I think uh, it's almost kind of like having your cake and eating it too. Really, it's more RE four, but it's not potentially just exactly the same but prettier or something you didn't want when you asked for you know you didn't know didn't know what you were asking for kind of situation so um jordan what's your thoughts on the the massive legacy of this game and the potential of a remake well as we all know it it, it's stood out at its time it stands out now i think obviously the fact that it can be played just about everywhere helps it helps Mm -hmm. the the legacy to be retained uh, we're entering an interesting point now because, uh, for the most part, I think it's obviously been held up largely by people who grew up with the game. Um, whether they, you know, were already a teenager or an adult by the time it came out, or whether they were a kid at the time it came out and they sort of like caught up on it in recent years, it's one of those games that'll be interesting to see where its legacy goes over the next few years. Because by that point, uh, most of the people experiencing it are gonna be experiencing it in a wave of sort of like first timers uh it'll be interesting to see just how many of those uh gameplay designs stand up to uh you know a a modern lens um we can look at it and maybe be a little bit more forgiving of uh it's it's designed purely because we know uh the period that it it came out in um Mm. And we, we understand the sort of intention of the director. But if you are trying to look at this game um, 
from uh, an aspect of right it's 2021 um you know this game is supposedly timeless does it stand up and i obviously i can't talk from that perspective because i i'm obviously not looking at it in that way um i think it's done a great job to make its arguments over the years that it continues to be relevant continues to be um the, the strongest of its design um it, it says a lot that it is you know still the most successful resident evil of that style mm. um and obviously you know you had the likes of resident evil 5 come along and and largely ape its design but somehow underwhelm um in in doing so so i don't know is there is there some kind of secret x factor to resident evil 4 where everything just sort of lines up right it's got the right pace it's got the right difficulty it's got the right number of locations and atmosphere and charm and appeal maybe so um and because of that aspect it ends up becoming one of those games that is eternally difficult to decide when is the right time to remake it um it, it's kind of a bit like final fantasy 7 in that way in where mm. where it would take a gargantuan task uh to be able to uh, produce a remake for it in the first place let, let alone one that uh satisfies the majority of the fan base because at, at this point it is a precious game to a lot of people and right. uh most people can't necessarily see it any other way. I think the conversation around the time that Resident Evil 2 and 3, those remakes came out, was that you could have this game uh, follow that same style. And it could work. I feel like it would be a little bit of a, a twin sake situation where you're, you're just you're remaking it for the sake of it, you're applying mm -hmm. the sort of modern standard of Resident Evil to it but not necessarily understanding why it should be remade. Um, obviously, the other question as well could come up of, um, you know, would you need to bring back a director like Shinji Mikami to do yet another remake of his game? <laughs> um, hmm. It's, you know, a, a compelling point because we have seen in, in recent times like the... Um, the Demon Souls remake on on PlayStation Five. It was it was handed to uh, Blue, I think it was Blue Point Games, yeah. Who obviously were not the original de developers, and uh, it it can be it can be difficult when you are a new studio taking an old, very beloved game and trying to kind of reinvent it. Mm. Um, it it's not an enviable position at all. Uh, do I think we're close to getting a remake? I feel like we are, or at least a new interpretation of the existing Resident Evil gameplay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but as far as like a, a fully fledged remake, one, I think it needs to go in a completely different direction. Um, I can't. I can't imagine it being another action romp. It almost needs to be. All right. What what if we scale it down? What if mm. what if we have a Resident Evil Four that is a lot more scary? Um, you're not necessarily fighting hordes, uh, and just make it a bit more of an intimate affair. I think that would probably be where they would uh, need to go with it, because they need to detach themselves from this experience. Because otherwise, you're going to have people that are just going to expect their favorite bits in the game, mm. like you know, that if they want to fight El Gigante again. 
they want to see that, but better. And I just don't think you can do it. So you need to give people something different. Um, in much the same ways that uh, Remake 2 and Remake 3 aren't necessarily um, the same as their originals. They, mm -hmm. they branch away. They, they do their own thing to some extent. And it works in that manner because you can enjoy it as something separate. So that might be the case. I don't think we're ready for it. <laughs> right. I, I think I, I think we could easily put it off for, you know, at least five more years. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. that. Resident Evil is in such, a, such a good place at the moment that you could make all kinds of games before you ever need to go to that well mm -hmm. and and make that, um, you know, long hyped Resident Evil Four remake. So one hundred percent, no yeah. rush. Yeah. What I would say, if you really want to subvert some expectations, if you do remake this, they remade two fixed camera games as over-the-shoulder games. You should upset everybody except me and turn this over-the-shoulder game into a fixed camera game. <laughs> I was thinking that earlier. <laughs> I, think, um, I, think, I think you've just figured out what Christmas is to Steve. <laughs> Getting this as, as a fixed camera angle game. I mean, <laughs> something different, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, so, to sort of finish it up, I asked uh, our Discord server one other poll. I said, overall, do you think RE4 was good for the franchise? And the options were overall yes, overall no, and it's complicated. And it's a bit of a fight between overall yes and it's complicated. Yes has just about done it by a couple of votes. But uh, it's pretty equal. A lot of people still don't know how to feel, which goes... Uh, especially for our long-time contributor and fan of the podcast, many-time guest, Mr. It's Burger Time, who sent in a very simple summation of his feelings of RE4. It saved Resident Evil while simultaneously ruining it forever. I both love and hate it with fervor, which, <laughs> to a certain extent, I kind of agree, to be honest. As I said, in the last few years, I have warmed to it a lot more than I have previously. Uh, it took me a long while to get to that point. I always knew that it was a really good game. I always knew that it was enjoyable, but it's never been the focus of my fandom. And if I ever picked up a Resident Evil game, I was more likely to pick up pretty much pretty much anything else in the franchise rather than go for four. Um, and that's probably still true, but I'm definitely more comfortable with it now than I was. I think it's a bit long. I think it stretches my suspension of disbelief a bit too much in places, but it's fun. It's rewarding. As we said, the locations are really nice, especially in the middle of the game. It has these iconic moments. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it did save the franchise. And as we previously said, we wouldn't be in this good place now if they hadn't have uh, shaken up Resident Evil at that point. Way back at the beginning of 2005. So, uh, if people can keep it as brief as possible, because this has got an unwieldy length, and I'm afraid when I press stop recording, my computer is going to crash and we're going to lose it all. Uh, just to sum up, your feelings on Resident Evil 4. Do you think overall it's good for the franchise? <clears throat> and is it up there as one of your, let's say, top three games? Uh, Adam, I think pretty sure I know where it lands for you. How do you feel about <laughs> RE4 overall? Yeah, I think it's I think it's good for the franchise. I think that um, Code Veronica previous to it, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I feel that was a, a bit of a waning title. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as popular. And I feel that, you know, if they had continued in that direction, you know, maybe it would have gone the way of, of other survival horror games that kind of didn't last. 
um but this kind of revitalized it this revitalized the game industry in, in many ways for, sure. for a lot of games you know it created like gears of war we're saying you know so you know it can't be knocked in that sense um it's it's a classic that's all i can really say about it, it, it you know the critics it's the highest rated game it's one of the biggest sellers it's almost universally loved um outside of you know really hardcore kind of um resident evil classic enthusiast <laughs> yeah there's a reason there's five um, of us and not six of us on this one <laughs> exactly yeah and that's fine as well absolutely you know, that's, i'm not i'm not knocking that at all mm. um you know it, i've said before it's my favorite resident evil game i th i think it's the best resident evil game i don't know if it's the best resident evil experience mm. um i think that the first three are better resident evil experiences but i think number four is just a better game um in terms of playing um i will quickly say because i forgot to mention on the remake uh, it would be interesting to see um remake three tied nemesis into the las plagas um mm. sort of background might be interesting in a remake to see some more of that some umbrella of europe stuff yeah i think that's very possible Certainly. And uh, yeah, well said, I think. Uh, separating game from experience, definitely. Um, James, where does this rank for you? Rank? Oh, boy. Um, Roughly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, res like, if I was going to choose the top five, Resident Evil 4 has gone up and down my list um, for a couple years now. Um, it is at the bottom of my top five right now. Mm -hmm. So... It's in number five. Uh, I really enjoy this game. Uh, it just it could be better, and I have hopes for the remake when it comes out that it that it will be better. Um, they don't need to change much because it, as we have seen, and the fact we've spoken for almost three hours or over three hours about this game, it is you know it's done a lot, a lot of good. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just you know I just it it has my respect. But this game has my respect because it has, as I said earlier, um, almost single-handedly has saved Resident Evil and has given us some of the best Resident Evil games uh, in recent years. Well said, indeed. Um, so let's go with Steve. Where does this rank? Top five, top three? Depends what you want. It depends what you're looking for. Mm. Like... In terms of its, uh, its contemporary action brethren, it feels like the stronger for me because it's paced so much better. Because 5 and 6, they don't seem to have anything but staccato craziness. Uh, obviously 5, that's because you co-op. 6, because they don't know what the hell a break is. Um, you know, 4 is, is a very well-paced action game. But if you're there for the narrative and stuff, it's going to leave you waning. Uh, but the way it feels, like I, I, it's, to, to me, this is as classic as like you know Ghostbusters or Indiana Jones. Mm. It's a timeless piece of gaming culture now. I, it's hard to sum up I, just how strong it is in its own unique groove. Uh, yeah, for me personally, it's, it may not be one of my uh, favorites, but that doesn't mean I don't always have time to you know appreciate what it has brought to the table. So, yeah, it, 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 it's complicated. 
That's why I made it a poll option. Yeah, uh, and Jordan, positive outlook on complicated. Yeah. Jordan, where does it rank for you? Well, I think it always sits within the top three some somewhere um, in mm-hmm. my move spaces. But, you know, this is a near-perfect game. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's uh, very replayable. It is absolutely packed with content um, at, a, at a standard that doesn't actually really happen that much these days. Um, it feels timeless in, in many manners and has been able to kind of keep a legacy 16 years strong. I, I think that it will it will stand out for, for years to come as still a, a great experience. If this is the only Resident Evil game you were ever to play, it would be an immensely satisfying experience that you could walk away from. And while it might necessarily be um, the entire scope of what Resident Evil is about, um, it is a fantastic standalone experience. I I do think that it was the change that Resident Evil needed at the time that it mm-hmm. was needed. I don't think it would have could have really gone much further uh, with fixed camera angles as it was. And while that is a break, um, it is ultimately something that came about because the director saw a, a new evolution on on the horizon and, and chose to embrace it. Uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to Castlevania in that fashion. It doesn't invalidate the previous games, but it does open up a whole new avenue. Uh, I, I think it's worth playing. I think I think everybody should at least give it a look. And um, I think for that reason, it, it's 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 going to stick out. Like ten years from now, twenty years from now, it'll still be a very important game. Um, even if they continue to uh, remake it or ape it in in further sequels or you know, take old games and remake it in that fashion. It'll always stand out as its as its own sort of gold standard experience. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic. Well, nothing else remains for me but to thank our contributors. If you'd like to be part of the show, then please look into auditioning for our file readings. Join the Discord server to get in touch with members of the team and our community. Discuss Resident Evil with us and other fans and listen to the podcast live as it's recorded. You can find a link to the server as well as our Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram and YouTube and more over at fasebraypod.com. You can find the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify and iTunes and if you enjoyed the show, please do leave us an iTunes review if you can. It helps spread the word you can also support the show by picking up some merch or over at patreon.com forward slash fa spray pod for as little as one dollar a month in our next episode we get comfy in our favorite chairs with a cold or warm beverage of choice and continue our foray into the world of resident evil novels episode 33 is book club caliban cove Thank you to the panel. You can follow all of the Pueblo people individually. I'm at Sarniac underscore one, two, three. Steve is at FB. Steve was taken. Jordan is at CerealBox64. Adam is at AdVicar01. James is at Moist Owlet OFF. And finally, thank you for listening and have a good week. We went for nearly three hours and didn't even mention the merchant. <laughs> <laughs> At least I got a quote in at the start. That's something, right? Right, start again. Go back. We got to have something for the follow-up podcast, right? Yeah, oh, the merchant podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs>